0: Well guys, welcome back. BRB Presents. We got a big one today. We have Matt Frazier and Brandon Davis with Texan Token. Man, that is near and dear to my heart. (laughs) Welcome, guys.
1: Thanks so much. Appreciate it. Thanks
2: for having us. Yeah.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Man, you guys came on to the scene by storm. I mean, I don't even I I was I was just sitting on a computer one one night and man you guys were everywhere everywhere uh so i'm happy to see it and we're gonna be talking about uh we're gonna be talking about the token and the project and the future of it in just a little bit uh what we like to do is just kind of go through some of the topics here and uh and we'll kind of just roll right into it so um so matt brandon welcome we have uh, with us bronze as usual myself, Texan Wayne. Uh And uh, guys, we're going to be going over the current state of crypto. Uh, go, uh, We're going to do a little bit of technical analysis, kind of see where we are on that. We're going to do a roundtable discussion and talk about blockchains and the future of crypto, kind of where future cases look like. And uh, we say the best for last. Texan Token Project. Go through... All the good that is going on in that project. So, um, the guys, again, this is, as we always say, not financial advice. None of what we say here today is financial advice. It is for entertainment purposes only. And we certainly appreciate you guys joining us today. All of you out there, all of you beautiful people out there. So, um, So I guess kind of roll right into this. Uh, We wanted to start off just taking a look at the chart because, uh, I mean, it seems like it's a it's a thing of beauty these days. We have um, we have this chart up here. This is actually a four hour chart of Bitcoin. And uh, we wanted to pull it up because. You know, a lot of you may not kind of understand technical analysis of what you're kind of looking at here, but this is kind of a big deal because what this four-hour chart is showing us is what they call a cup-and-handle formation. Now, let me just pull something else up here so you understand what it is I'm talking about as far as cup-and-handle. Basically, it's a pattern. It's a signal, and it tells us when something uh, something big is going to happen. And uh, this is now just understand potential pattern. Um, Doesn't mean that this is actually going to happen, but obviously they look at these patterns. uh, These patterns have been around. They're used in traditional markets uh, all over the world, regardless of the market that you're in. And if we go and flip back over to the Bitcoin chart, you'll see that this almost is identical to kind of what you saw on that previous screen. So, and what does that tell us? Well, it means that we have our basin here, our cup, and then you had the handle for them, and then the breakout. Now, we switch this over to a day. What that tells us is our breakout could potentially get us up. That next run up is going to be between 26, uh, 26 and 28,000. Um, and it's a big deal. It's a big deal. But uh, I think what we're trying to promote here is positivity, positivity in the market. Uh, And, you know, we just wanted to kind of touch on that a little bit this morning. So but uh, enough of that, enough of that. Let's let's get right into it. We're going to bronze. Why don't you kick us off? We're going to go ahead and talk about uh, blockchains, I think, to start us off. And then uh, we'll give Matt and Brandon a chance to talk about it as well and. Take us away. Oh, no. Technical difficulties.
3: Yeah. All right. Sorry about that. All right. Yeah. So, hey, good morning, guys. Uh, You know, thanks for joining us. Um, We we are all Texans here. It makes me a little proud. Uh, (laughs) um, Yeah. Yeah. The, the charts are looking good. I'm, I'm looking, you know, it's looking green. Um, I, I'm, I'm loving it. Um, last night, me and John were talking about our topics, and uh, I was going back and forth. Um, you know, I told him that I was gonna do Ave. I mean, uh, yeah, Avalanche, but then I was just like, man, is that really my favorite? I, I mean, it has some good news, uh, as of late, but yeah, just thinking about it, Ethereum is, is my favorite. That's that's what I, I want to talk about. It's because. It's, the mo- you know, next to Bitcoin, it's the it's secure blockchain, right? And the, the DeFi space of it is, so many projects is, is, is on it. And I know a lot of banks are, are testing on uh, the Ethereum. It, it's just going to be the, the juggernaut. I know with, with the upgrades coming out, gas fees are going to be lower. Uh, with zk roll-ups it's going to be more efficient it's it's going to be for for those that don't know what zk roll-ups are is think of it like data and you have a piece of ribeye steak you're not going to eat the ribeye steak in one whole slab you're, you're going to cut it into pieces and when you cut it into pieces yeah it goes you eat it it's, it's more smoother less cost so on top of that you're going to have all these layer twos as it's, you know, like Matic that's going to be on it. That's, it's going to be even more faster. But Italic says that we're going to, for Ethereum to really succeed, we're going to have these layer twos running on it and it's going to scale everything up. So yeah, that's, Ethereum is the king right now. Is, yeah. I don't see anything else. You have these, uh, you know, like Solana and, Avalanche, but they, they still have their issues on on there. So I'm not I'm not solely you know I have a little bit of bag in each one of them. But Ethereum is is going to be the future. It's going to be leading to the next decade. Yeah,
0: yeah. You had mentioned um, you mentioned banks, and it's I think it's not just banks, right? It's it's financial institutions that've been testing it as well. You have uh, uh, Visa, Mastercard. They've been they've been testing it for years now. Uh, so it, it definitely seems to be the future. And when you talk about regulations and everything like that, just recently, the U.S. had said that they have authority over it. So if there is any type of laws or potential breaks, they are tying it all in. So it seems to me like if there is a the future, you know that I'm an ETH head, but uh, you know, there are plenty of chains out there. Plenty of chains out there, Matt. What do you think? What's uh, your thoughts on
1: that? Yeah, I mean, you know, one of the things we've been doing, um, Brandon and I have been, you know, building channels on on YouTube around the Pulse Chain uh, ecosystem, and of course that's a that's a fork of Ethereum. And so when it comes to chains, I mean, we've been, you know, I've been focused on um, a community and building community, and that community has been on Ethereum and you know we've been anticipated for the last 14 months the forking of uh, ethereum and now obviously ethereum 2 with the pulse chain and you know the really exciting thing that got me even involved in streaming is the fact that the entire system state was going to be copied over so all of the tokens that you have on ethereum are going to be on the pulse chain and you just change you know RPC settings and you've got your tokens so Pretty exciting thing that Richard Hart's doing. And so that's been the focus of I mean the last year of my life.
2: Yeah. yeah i it's, think,
0: uh, Oh, I'll go, go ahead, please, please. No, no, it's all yours. <laughs> Floor is yours, sir.
2: Oh, yeah. It's it's interesting. Um, because what, what we're seeing here in a way is people in the crypto space identifying a, a problem and creating a solution to kind of work together synergistically. So, so what do I mean by that? Well, we know that Ethereum does have some bottlenecks, and we do know that the Ethereum Foundation and the developers and Vitalik are working to fix these sorts of things. So in the meantime, you know that could be a long process. We could be a couple years out. We could be five years out to getting where we really want to go there. So one of the neat things is when you have, for example, gas fees in a, in a bull market, gas fees are absolutely outrageous with Ethereum. So what's one way to fix that problem? Well, if you can't upgrade the software, the next best thing is to scale horizontally and create another place for be able to, people to be able to transact to possibly decrease uh, Ethereum fees and make it. Beneficial for not only people that that Matt said pulse chain people, but also Ethereum people. Um, so what you're going to see, I think, as we move forward, is that horizontal scaling, uh, basically creating a bigger warehouse and a bigger opportunity and a better opportunity to build out infrastructure for the crypto space.
0: Yeah, yeah. You know, I, I mean, I think I really feel like you hit the nail on the head with that, and you see that with a lot of other uh, layer twos, right? Uh, Polygon being another one where you had indicated bottlenecking and, and it's and gas fees. That's mm-hmm. huge. Right. And we're at a low point, as everyone knows in the space. And, you know, it doesn't hurt as bad. But if anyone was here a year ago uh, in, you know, even let's just say last August, it was dramatically higher. And um, you know, just to even go back even further, you know, when you go back into say 2021, you were paying $200, nearly $300 per transaction, which is just not useful. Um, So, especially when you're dealing with asset classes, so you just can't transact. And you know, Polygon, for example, when you take a look at it and take a look at Pulse. It's cheaper. It's fast. It's fast, um, you know, in comparison. So, but, well, you know, I think that's, I think we talked about forking as well and you do see a lot of the forks going out there, right? Another example for that is Binance. Now I'm not a fan of Binance, uh, but uh, they are cheap. Um, they are a more efficient in, in the But I wonder what the use cases really are in that space. They do have very similar structure to Ethereum. And, uh, you know, it's just, well, Bronze knows how I feel about it. And I want to keep it positive. So we're going to just move right along. Um, Bronze, you spoke about Avalanche whatnot. I mean, did you want to touch on it just a hair? Because I feel Um, like what we have in the room is nothing but
3: ETH (laughs) heads. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, yeah, good. Good thing about with, with Avalanche, you know, of course they they are partnering up with with Amazon. Um, they're they're going to be accessing Amazon's resources. They're they Amazon's already offering their partners over to Avalanche, and yeah, that's we'll, we'll see how it goes because what what they were saying is that a lot of customers, Amazon customers wanted to uh build on the avalanche chain so that that's how that that partnership became you know became so they're going to have a lot of access we will we'll see how it looks in in the next future they also partnered up with uh shopify that's that's huge in in the the market space so you're going to see the the web three merge with 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 the web twos uh you know, in the, in the next couple of months, couple of years. And uh, yeah, this, we'll see how it goes. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, yeah, it
0: kind of actually parlays us into the future state of, uh, of crypto, what that looks like for use cases. You know, is it stable coin? Is it a digital currency for individual countries? Is it a universal currency? For the for the world ecosystem, you know, um, Matt, what's uh, what's your thoughts on that?
1: Yeah, you know, I, I take um, you know, we are we are true pure DeFi guys and been steeped in in DeFi, and, and you know, the reason obviously the crypto was invented was to get rid of middlemen, and so I would say because we care about independence and freedom and we see what's happening in the world when it comes to digital IDs and CBDCs, we know that this, that money is being digitized and we've got, I see two, you know, two ends of the spectrum. You could call it good and evil. You could call it two ends of the spectrum, but on one side, you know, no one lets a a crisis go to waste. We know that with globalists and authoritarians. And so they'll take every opportunity to take advantage of, Um, this next move in digitization of money. And so as we see the CBDCs and the central bank digital currencies coming out and we see regulations and all of those things, I think what we're going to see is really DeFi standing up and shining in this next bull run. And the reason that, um, you know, we're so committed to it is I feel like there needs to be an alternative to centralized control and you know i think a lot of people get enamored with utility and such but the core base um you know we're going to end up in a world where you know digital currencies are used at point of sale it's not here now we got to have you know fiat off ramps and all of that but there's coming a day when the infrastructure is there my concern is you know the next crisis that comes around the next big pandemic the next big thing where the government says You know, you've been locked down or you've been kind of beat down financially. The only way you're going to get your stimulus is through our CBDCs and our government wallets. And I want to see people have an opportunity to say, no, we are not using your money. And to me, it's absolutely mission critical. To me, this isn't um, just another asset class. To me, this is literally um, what stands here is I think we have to stand for true defi. And that means that everything, the entire vertically aligned ecosystem needs to get built in order for us to be successful and not have to touch, essentially, the the centralized um, control, which, you know, includes tracking, lack of privacy, all of those things. So I'm a purist when it comes to that perspective. And I think that we're playing a role in in supporting that and communicating that to folks that, you know, really understand, you know, not your keys, not your coins, folks, people are getting wrecked. Yeah, And
2: even from, you know, from a broader perspective, I think it's the responsibility of the people who understand um, the financial system and also cryptocurrency. It's our responsibility to teach others what's been happening to them for decades and decades and decades, not only in the United States, but all across the world who have adopted this centralized uh, banking fractional reserve um discretionary you know spending sort of of system and and what it's been doing is bleeding people dry taxing us dry over decades and decades and decades now I'm going to I'll jump to this real quick you know you look in the United States when prohibition came in right so this was alcohol they they took it off the table said nobody can do it right what happened well there was a reaction there was a a black market that was created, an underground market that was created because there was demand for something that people thought was unlawful. So they created their own thing in reaction to that. Now, eventually, that got flipped uh, and, and it was lawful again. Well, let's take a look at what cryptocurrency is. For the first time in history, we actually have the tools to be able to say, no, we're not going to participate full-fledged into this system that is taking advantage of us decade by decade by decade. We have the technology now. We have the understanding to say, you know what? We can take our money and we can keep our money within the community that we want to keep it in. And we don't have to give it to somebody who is going to mismanagement, mismanage it and then ultimately print more of it and make it even – less valuable. So that is what's important. I think about what we're staring at right now is we're moving toward, uh, towards the future. And like Matt said, they let no crisis go to waste, but now at least we have a hedge against those huge power grabs. Yeah. 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 Man. Yeah. That, that, that
3: fires me up because that's when I really got into crypto is because of that belief, um, but I'm I'm not. At the same time, I'm trying to be re- realistic. I mean, the, you know, the government—they're—they're going to have their hands on it. That's I. I really. That that's that's the way I I see it. Because now you you see the institution—they're they're testing it. They've been testing the the DeFi technology. They're going to leverage this DeFi technology, right? Because they're they're going to still make their money off the transaction fees. But I, I, I'm with you. I, like I, I talked about in in the show before, I was um, playing the, in this uh, DeFi game called Axie Infinity. You know, mm-hmm. I was er- I was earning I was earning income with that, and uh, I didn't off ramp it. There was other ways of of you know purchasing goods in that way, and I I love that. But I, I yeah I don't see how you you're, you're gonna see the government find their way to to tax it I and mean, we that that's the way it it goes but I, I really agree with with you Matt and Brandon it it's yeah it, 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 it you just gave me a flashback of why i really got into this space in the first place
1: you know what i think just to to add to that it's really important i think people have to understand really what has happened And I agree with you. I think the general sense of people is that, you know what, there's just no getting away from the government, right? They're they're just always going to have their hands in things, and they're always going to, you know, find a way. And, you know, I challenge that thinking in this respect. You know, when you you look at um, true DeFi, when you look at, I mean, look at Bitcoin in and of itself before all hash power became centralized again, is this idea that Why did Satoshi write the white paper? Why was there this thing called digital anarchy in 1988 is that there is this opportunity to truly put things in the hands of essentially a truly decentralized system. And one of the things that really I'm enamored with is this idea of finished products with no admin keys. Okay. So if you think about this, you know, what are the components of having true digital freedom, at least financially in the past, You know, you would win a war and you'd kill the people, you'd take the gold and you'd rewrite the rules in your favor. Well, that's how power has worked in the past. This is the first time in human history where financial power and political power are being separated. And so this is such a threat to the systems because we're so used to, well, I've got the guns and I've got the power and I've got the money. Therefore, You're going to do what I ask you to do. This is actually really unique because when you think about code as law, and if it's truly decentralized, meaning thousands and thousands of nodes, it's not on a public cloud like Amazon that they can turn off. You have internet connectivity potentially through Starlink or something like that. You have the ability to get onto the system. There's no admin keys. There's no centralized authority. And you truly have the components of a vertically aligned ecosystem, which includes a layer one, which includes obviously all of the you know, tokens and stores of value. You have you know, fiat on-ramps and off-ramps if you need those. you got privacy tokens. If you had something that truly was decentralized, there's nothing that the government can do about that unless they you know want to play whack-a-mole for the next 100 years now you can hit people on the head but this is pandora's box has been opened and i think that there's a lot of people out there you know they think that crypto is ftx they think it's celsius they think it's voyager and gemini it's not defi is where people finish things they put it out there because you know people that have been centralized have proven to be untrustworthy and so when you see actual DeFi projects, and I don't mean you know DeFi generically, I mean actual finished, no admin key projects where even founders can't touch them, you have to make a decision personally. Am I going to engage with this immutable contract or not? Does it do what it says it's going to do? And then I separate it from the technology and I go, hold on a second. Well, what is fiat? It's by decree. It's people saying this is value because value is perceived between parties. So... If we can get enough people to say this is value, which it happened with Bitcoin in the beginning, this is value. took a long time, but it hit 69,000. It's freedom because it separates it from political power. And to me, the, the future, that's why this is so consequential. And it's less to me now about technology, now that we have these components, than it is about community. Because what do people want when you feel like you're locked down and controlled by a centralized party you don't have any hope you're living in fear you're off balance you don't know what is true and what's not and what we do is we restore that hope with saying hold on a second we have an equal footing with you know guys in wall street that daddy was a hedge fund manager no no we're all at the equal footing with defi no one is favorites you put your value in it, the contract does what the contract does. And I think that understanding that and then saying, hold on, to me, this is ultimately the opportunities to free people from bondage, but they don't even know that they're in bondage. They don't know that they're consumer slaves. They don't realize that debt has kept them in these positions. And to me, you know, this is a vehicle for that. And so, you know, the tech's great, text is important, but to me, if we don't defend a a truly vertically aligned DeFi ecosystem, we're not going to have a shot. You're right. They're going to take over. Mm -hmm. And
2: I love it when Matt eats his Wheaties in the morning because this is the result. This is the result. (laughs) Yeah, I am fired
3: up.
1: Yeah. It's (laughs) true. And it resonates as true. And, you know, I'm just a messenger of it because I've said this before. We can't touch our contract. It's done. I mean, we can add things to it. We can do things, but it's done. And that's power. It's so much power because it's so against what everybody else is building. Everybody else is building things. They're like, hey, look, at, look what we'll do in five years. Trust me.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. We have no roadmap. We don't need a roadmap. It's like a
2: constitution yeah. for money that does yeah. not exist anywhere else in the, in the traditional system. We have the rules. They're verifiable. You can look at the code on EtherScan you know and 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 be able to study it and understand what's going to happen every single time which also means if you're in business you can make predictions based off of that code can you make predictions based off the federal reserve right now no no because they're reacting they have no clue what they're doing they're praying that they can get this thing under control and they're they are literally rugging the United States economy, which they like to do every about 15 to 20 years because the bubbles pop. They say that the Federal Reserve exists to control inflation. The Federal Reserve exists to divvy out inflation. That's the giant lie that they tell. And if it's not the states, it's UK. If it's not the UK, it's Southeast, Southwest Asia. It's all these places. Australia. So, Matt, well said. Well said, man. Thanks. Yeah, Thanks.
0: So, I mean, and we talked about a lot there and you're right, a uh, huge difference between centralized and decentralized. There's a lot out there. The 95%, I'd like to call it 95% that doesn't truly understand the difference. Yeah. They take a look at the news and they hear FTX and they hear Luna and they just assume that this is, this is crypto. This is mm-hmm. not crypto and this is not where our roots started. And, um, you know, this is not where we're going. So, you know, with that said, where do you guys see us, say, 10, 20 years from now?
1: That's a big one right there. Um, yeah. I, I do think that there is this moment. So I, I started a company in 2001 right after the bubble burst of the dot-com era. And this is the beginning of the Internet and started serving nonprofit organizations through technology. And that opportunity, you know, it created some opportunities and saw some things that were were pretty powerful and redefined, you know, our sector and what we were doing in the nonprofit space. What was interesting though, is I would get people asking me, I mean, my grandmother called me, are you sure it's okay if I put my credit card on this, uh, this interwebs and I'm like, grandma, it's okay. Well now no one calls you and says, well, I'm not sure that Amazon's going to be good with my card. Well, right now people are calling you going this crypto thing. Are you thinking this crypto thing? Is it legal? That's the conversation I was having 20 years ago when I was running, starting a business in essentially really e-commerce, if you want to boil it down. We're just going through that once again. So here's the question. In that 10 to 20 year period, grandma's going to call and say, Brandon, what uh, what crypto do you want for your birthday? It won't be a matter of, is it legal? It's going to be mainstream. But because we've got two forces at work here, we've got Those who see digital currencies and CBDCs as this opportunity, because I think they've seen, hold on a second, people are, you know, whether it be the BRICS nations, whatever, everybody's saying, hold on, we don't like this dollar dominance. we got to go to digital because of all these other benefits that we get from it. They sue, you know, Ripple, and then they partner with them to offer CBDCs, and they're like, hold on, we got to get a handle on this. And when I see that, I realize, okay, we're going to benefit from the adoption, because they are going to educate people about their version of crypto, which is CBDCs. So next 10 to 15 years, it will be mainstream. You will go get a Coca-Cola or a Dr. Pepper at the corner store, and you will auto convert whatever value you've got into USDC or whatever the, the government's centralized stable coin is. And we won't have to have fiat on and off. The problem with that is, They're going to do everything they can to keep you from using your money. And what I love about DeFi, which really is an extension of kind of open source software, is that I've said it before, Pandora's box is open. And to me, the future is going to be, wow, this stuff that we built way back in 2022 and 2023 is actual real value because people essentially contributed their private property, which was a proxy for their labor in the course of, you know, fiat into crypto and put it and staked it and created an economic engine. And that economic engine has to be considered in this new framework. And, you know, whether, you know, if you remember these back in the day, healthcare went digital. And during healthcare, you saw, you used to carry around a card and you do separate transactions for your prescriptions. And they would literally do the carbon on your your card, and there was a separate digital framework for prescriptions. That's obviously been unified now. But I think what you're going to end up seeing is you're going to see two terminals at point of sale. You're going to see the government CBDC side, and then you're going to see this alternative. Or MasterCard and Visa that wants to be the middleman is going to enable... DeFi or other protocols because they're so popular like you might pay with dogecoin or you might pay with shiba new and they're going to have to include those from ethereum and i think we get swept up into that so that you can use a texan token or you can use hacks or you can use something else but at the end of the day that's the future that i see that this all becomes mainstream but but it's not you know it's not without its pitfalls yeah and you know matt
2: you you said something that's you said something that's that's really important here, and we got to realize that banks and and middlemen, their entire business depends on you and I spending money through them, um, their tentacles in our bank account or servicing uh, our money for us. So when you think about it that way, you must understand that they're like you said, they're going to try everything possible to keep. The crypto revolution in such a structure that mimics traditional finance prior to 2008 when when Satoshi's white papers came out. Now, you know, what is the what's the issue with that? The issue with that is it is very closely tied to inflation. That's why you see stocks pump. That's why you see crypto pump all at the same time. If you go and you read something like in the Fed uh, from Ron Paul or you go back to the Austrian economists back in the 40s and and 50s, they called everything that was happening was going to happen. They called it 60 years ago because they saw what this was going to turn into. Cryptocurrency now is going to give us a way to get away from those bubbles, have sustained growth, things of that nature. The, f- the official word from janet yellen the official word from jerome powell and officials who are in the treasury they say that we're very afraid that connecting cryptocurrency to the traditional finance system is going to cause catastrophic effects and then i would flip it back on them and say well how do you explain the catastrophic effects that we've already been feeling for the past 80 years how do you explain those They say, oh, look at all the people who lost so much money, their life savings, and and they're jumping off bridges, which is horrible. But then you say, okay, well, what about all the bubbles that popped in the past? Did you ever say that about yourself? Is that right? No, it's not right. So we're, we're now living in a time where we are awake. We are seeing things. We're able to share information, and we're able to learn from each other, and we can apply that. And we can tell other people how they're being taken advantage of, and we can also pool our funds together, keep our financial energy in one place, and and again, use use it as a hedge. Yeah yeah I mean
0: you talk about the governance of the world and how they have the control, and you know this is the opportunity to kind of take a little bit of that back right yes and get it back into into our power, the power of the people and i you you wonder if they're even going I feel like this is going to be an uphill fight for us. this is going yes. to be a struggle for us, uh, but it's about education. it's about making sure that that the ninety five percent understand what it is that we're about and you know i I want to take a moment and i we typically kind of don't do this we i I have a video that you have out there it's just it's talking about your token it's it's just a minute long i just want to put it out there right because i just want to make sure that people understand that you know this we're, we're about uh bringing everyone in this is this is a gift for everyone Right, and this is what Texan token is is truly about. So let me just pull this up here, um, and uh, just so that folks have a better understanding of
4: where you guys are coming from. To all the people of Texas and all Texans in spirit across the world. As a free and independent people, driven by love and compassion for our fellow man, we appeal to your sense of destiny, to come together to become the catalyst for true freedom and self-determination. The Texan Token is the first endowment contract on the blockchain, which enables users to lock up financial principle to earn interest. The Texan contract features a base rate of return paid in Texan tokens of 5% annually. Those who stake or lock their tokens for longer receive higher yields. Like traditional endowments, the Texan Smart Contract enables interest scraping without penalty. This feature provides flexibility for those who choose the Texan token to secure their future. We desire for anyone from any corner of the earth who believes it is time to stand up and declare their personal independence to join together as we build a better future for our families, our communities, and our posterity. The time is now. The Texan token is not just for those who live in the great state of Texas, because Texas is not just a state. It's a state of mind.
0: Love it, man. I love that. (laughs) <laughs> Man, powerful. Powerful. Yeah. You know, I, I saw that the other day and uh, I knew it. I knew it that you guys had something very special. And, uh, you know, this is, this actually may be a good time to parlay into talking more about your ecosystem and what you have to offer. You, you talked about you no know, admin keys and the immutable contract that you have in place. And I think that there's a lot out there that still, even in our space, don't truly understand what that means and you know the fact that it is truly is decentralized that there is no control that you cannot make that printer go burr as the kids say you know i just i wonder what does what does texan token bring to the world what does that look like what do you guys have planned for us give us give us more
2: I want to I want to so I'm going to ask Matt some questions to kind of (laughs) help illustrate what what this is. And, Matt, I think the first thing that we get the most is some people have no clue what immutable means. Some people have no clue what administrative keys are. Some people don't know the attack vectors that some projects have to hurt people when they when they invest. So maybe you can talk about those things, man, and then we can go from there. Yeah,
1: yeah, no, that's, that's super helpful. I want to give you a a bit of background too, because the origin of the Texan token is to mimic an existing financial product. Okay, so we call it the first endowment contract on the blockchain. And of course, you know, we're borrowing from a concept that has been in the nonprofit space for a long time. And so my background is in nonprofit fundraising. And so for the past 22 years, I've worked with all kinds of organizations. We had a a very large, fast-growing company, about 200 employees in Dallas. I sold and moved to my my wife's hometown in Central Texas. And from that, I would advise nonprofit groups who wanted endowments. And what is an endowment? But it's essentially an, an organization wants sustainability for the long term. They want to protect their institution. And so they build an endowment. They get people to give. They put it into an account. And then somebody invests it. Well, that investment income, they want it to be large enough to cover their operations. So what do people in in investing want to do? Well, they want to have financial freedom. How do they get it? By creating something that creates passive income. And so financial freedom is, well, I don't have to work, but I still get paid. Well, endowment does that for nonprofit organizations by creating essentially interest income that is cash flow. We wanted to take that concept and we wanted to embody that in a smart contract. Well, we had seen this happen in a certificate of deposit with HEX. And we've been in that ecosystem and been you know, players in that space. Well, the endowment function is really driven by the concept of scraping. You know, A CD, if you lock up your money, it, you can't take your money out until the term's over unless you're going to get a big penalty. So we said, hold on a second. If I want to secure my future and I want to accumulate enough principle to not touch it, create sustainability for myself. Well, that's an endowment, but it has to enable you to scrape off your interest without penalty. And so that's really the core of what's called a perpetuity. And the core idea of a perpetuity is that you have the ability to use it for whatever goals that you have. And so the Texan token itself is essentially that it's an enabled to vehicle in which you can, you know, create some financial freedom. Um, And basically endow your future. That has been tied to all of these things that Brandon mentioned, which is immutability, right? You don't have any admin keys. And what are admin keys? This is where the the creators of a token have the ability to go in and update things. Well, in normal software, that makes a ton of sense. Well, yeah, we're going to update and upgrade. But the problem with that is you can't always trust the people that have the keys. And this is what Brandon said with the Federal Reserve. The Federal Reserve has the ability to change a database record and print five trillion more dollars. That takes money out of people's pockets, right? Everything goes up in price. And so when you have immutable contracts with no admin keys, it means they can't be changed by anyone, including me, including Brandon, including anyone on our team. You finish a project and you put it out there, and really what it is, it's a gift that you give. But if no one, you know, the tech can be incredible, the the concept would be incredible, but if you don't have people who understand that I could utilize this thing that is completely trustworthy because it's just code and no middlemen, that's the hardest thing to do in crypto. And that's the thing that I think is the greatest um, blessing of all of this is that Brandon and I created these these channels and are part of this uh, ecosystem that Richard Hart basically taught us everything we know about crypto is to say, don't pick up pennies in front of freight trains, folks. Don't give your keys away to people. Look at the immutability and and, and invest in the reason that crypto was invented, to remove middlemen. And so to me, it's like this bottled-up hope and freedom that is embodied in these contracts in principle. But with a brand like Texan and our partner, which is – Texan movement, the independence of Texas, this is two big things that we've done. Number one, the first endowment contract on the blockchain. And two, the first time that a crypto project has been tied to some kind of political outcome. And that's the independence of Texas.
0: Yeah, I love it. I love it. Absolutely. You know, I, I really do feel like the product overall, the the project has serious legs here. And you, you have the opportunity to make some significant changes overall. And I really do feel that we have to get the word out there about this project. You know, I say that I, I don't. I say that uh, in a way that it comes from the heart because we. This is again, this is how we all started. Yeah. What I don't see in our space is projects like yours, where you have. the the, no admin keys where they could go ahead and continue to make changes and reduce or add taxes. Um, you know, it's, it's ugly out there and we need to move away from the centralized components. This is the, this is our way out folks. And, uh, you got to check this project out. You have to. Brandon, what else you have?
2: Yeah. So, just to kind of fill in and, and maybe get into a little bit of detail about um, like the tokenomics of of Texan token. So from the start, you've got a 100 trillion supply. So that's what existed at launch. Ninety seven percent of that 100 trillion is actually locked up in a, in the contract, and the only way to access that is if you have Texan token and you stake that Texan token. So this is a distribution model that is very, very fair. Um, so at launch, you had about $3 trillion, uh, that were launched. That was for donors, partners, and team. And of that $3 trillion, if you look at texan.cc slash stats, you can see that about 68% of that $3 trillion has already been staked and is already removed from supply, so the actual circulating supply now is less than um, less than one trillion. It's about I think nine hundred thirty billion at this point, and and the reason that is is because um, two trillion of that was sent out twenty two years. When I say sent out, I mean staked. Now, what's the importance of that in terms of trust? If you stake it for 22 years, you must understand that if that stake is ended early and that stake was you know sent out by, by the team, if those stakes are ended early, that supply, a massive portion of that is going to be burned forever. okay? So in terms of negative price appreciation, you you wouldn't really see that at all. Uh, we are deflationary by means of if you do stake, Matt had mentioned CDs. You get some pretty hefty penalties if you end early in traditional finance. It's going to be the same thing with this. If you do stake and end early, instead of redistributing that supply, it's burned forever and it goes away forever. That's why when you go to that stats page right now, you're going to see that we have less than $100 It's because somebody actually ended stake early and all of that um, got burned. So we are officially deflationary at this point. So you have a 5% base interest rate per year. And what you're showing on screen here, this is the Texan token yield curve. Every year that you hold your Texan token in that stake, every year that you stake, you are going to receive a small multiplier that's going to bump and ratchet up over the years that simulates. Now it isn't, but it simulates a compounding effect. So year one, you're going to have 5%. If you hold the next year, you're going to get 6% because that small multiplier kicked in. Year three, you'll have 8%, 4, 11, 5, 15. Now, one of the big questions that, that we have here is, is it 5% for year one and then 5 plus 1% for year two? So 6% total? No, it's actually 11% that you would have for year two because you add the first year and the second year together, so on and so forth. Uh, it's, it's upwards of over 1,800, um, I guess 1,800% over the entire lifetime of a 22-year stake. The next question that people ask is, why the heck would I stake something for 22 years? That just seems crazy. Well, guess what? We have built in the ability for you to be able to scrape all of your accumulated interest without penalty and keep your principal in- intact. That is absolutely amazing for people who, who might be afraid of doing that. Now, imagine if you created multiple stakes. You could even create what's called a, a, a scraping ladder. Every single year, maybe you have 10, 10 stakes out. Every single year, you scrape one scrape, uh, stake. And then the next year, you scrape another one. The next year, you scrape another one. And you have that, that passive income. But what's neat is every year that you're scraping, you're actually getting a higher interest rate because that stake that you created is one year older than the previous one that you scraped. So you kind of get that uh, financial energy flowing through the years there. And also just, you know, if we think logically about what that can do for positive price appreciation when the principle is in the contract and people are scraping. That's, I think that that's a a very big positive
1: um, positive externality, I guess you could say. Well, and it's a, it's what we call a pump of metal, right? So if you, if you think about it, cryptocurrency, in my opinion, you know, once you get past the tech, it's about community and adoption and adoptions, all about psychology, right? So if you're thinking about, what is the psychology of people? The hardest thing to get people to do is to de- delay their gratification. Everybody wants something now. And so the beauty of, of this and in the community that we have, we got about 24,000 holders currently, and to have about 25 to 2,600 already staked within 15 days. So we've been live for 15 days. There's about 2,600 stakers already, and the average is 12 and a half years. Why? Because people recognize the fact that if I can, without penalty scrape, I can basically create this passive income or I can have essentially some benefit that that ultimately can kind of secure my future when it comes to passive income. The thing though that I think is incredible is you know any other meme coin that's out there, it's basically riding on the wind of sentiment. What we've noticed with contracts that are, that are like this is that when things are hard, it, it reduces the volatility. And if you think about it, people are willing to take 95% of their value of their, their private property and to submit it into an immutable contract for the benefits of 5% annually and up. What that says to me is people understand. They look at Bitcoin and they say, wow, it went from pennies to 69000 I saw Ethereum, it went from pennies to 4000 you know, we've seen these cycles and everything. This is the first time in human history where people are like, hold on a second. This could, be, this could be life-changing. And I think we got one more bull run of life-changing opportunity. With that, you get the volatility of it. But if you can get people to come together in a community and pool essentially 95% of their principal and say, I'm not touching this, you create economic energy and it's a flywheel. I consider it to be like a golden goose because, you know, it's one thing to have this this yield or this interest. It's another thing to see the type of price appreciation that can happen. You know, one of the inspirations is Richard Hart's um, token called Hex. It went up 10,000 X in 623 days. It's like the only cryptocurrency that has done so well like that. Why? Because of this fundamental concept of staking in a trustless way all kinds of other people gave away their keys into celsius and got wrecked you don't are you're not giving your keys to anyone you're holding them in a non-custodial wallet and you're locking up your principal and what happens is when a group of people and it doesn't even have to be that large of a group of people mm-hmm. they, you know it's 150 to 200,000 people in hex over the last 3 years but a 10,000x of price appreciation in you know altcoin summer And I'm going to tell you, I've met people that their lives, they went from driving a truck to like absolutely life-changing opportunity and wealth, but it comes from the psychology of the community coming together and saying, hold on, if we do this together, we unlock an abundance. And to me, you know, the tech is just a tool and the money ultimately is just a tool, but we have power together in community like we've never had it before. And to me, these tokenomics are what show people that they can have a shot or a future opportunity. You know, it's not financial advice. We we are software developers. We put this stuff out there. We can't touch it. We tell the story. But that's all cryptocurrency is, right? A, ser- a shared fiction. And so when you can tie it to something of substance and you can show people a future, and we realize the more people that participate, hold on a second, we can win together and we don't, we're not contingent upon the Federal Reserve. We're not contingent upon trusting some founders with some admin keys. And so we, we believe that this is the structure by which people can secure their future. And heck, in the process, they might just birth a new nation.
2: Love it, man. Wow. And yeah. <clears throat> guys, check this out, too. This is important. This is yeah. going to show you the strength of, of what we're dealing with. The only other cryptocurrency to have the sort of gains that, that Hex had, and Hex is an absolute Cadillac, by the way. We love it. The only other cryptocurrency is SHIB. Okay, SHIB went absolutely astronomical. That's the only one besides Hex. Now, when you look at SHIB, SHIB had upwards of, I think, almost 2 million to 3 million holders at its peak. Okay, and it, and it did uh, 10,000 or over. What about Hex? Hex had a fraction of those holders. Hex had a fraction. Hex probably had in the range of that time, what, less than a hundred thousand um active wallets. But because of the way that it was built, the, the way that it was structured, the time locking mechanism, that's what gives this thing the power. Okay. And and you're gonna see you're seeing the a very, very similar effect with Texan as well. So I wanted to point that out. I think that's important for your
1: listeners to hear. Yeah, and the future. I, I just want to mention one thing, you know, the future, everybody wants to get institutions into crypto, right? And it's going to come in those next 10 you know, years you mentioned. But I think the thing that we're going to see, and, and we're seeing this, you know, right now with some of the big banks like JP Morgan is that there are teams of people in this next run who are looking for trustless yield because mm-hmm. they can't trust centralized parties. And so we hope that people will look out there and say, all right, show me all the things in DeFi that are completely trustless yield And I think we're going to see institutional money come into projects like this. It might not be Texan, but, you know, we're so addicted to growth that we got to find it somewhere. And DeFi is the only thing that you can actually trust, um, you know, especially with how gun shy people are from like Celsius and FTX. So I just want to mention that. Yeah.
3: I had a question on um, the Brendan about that, that ladder uh, play, like Would you, would,
2: I would need to have like 10 separate wallets You can actually do it from the Mm -hmm. same wallet. So you would be able to create 10 10 separate stakes from the same wallet, for example. Okay. Okay. yep. Yep. So if you you created 10 separate, let's say after five years, you've got 10. After five years, you scrape one. Okay, so that's one down. All right? And, And you take that interest, do whatever you want with it. You wait one more year. Now, what's the advantage of waiting one more year? You scrape after one year, but guess what? The interest on that next year is a little bit higher. Now you have eight left. And then the next yeah. year, the interest is, is higher. So, so you're, getting, you're getting the positive benefits of that simulated compounding, but you're also to cre- able to create um, you know, trustless uh, yield in the process. Okay. Yeah. And, you know, um, I, I wonder though,
0: you had mentioned you're know, you know, your programmers. Um, it's obviously, you have, a, you have a very clear message out there as well. You have a, a strong understanding of the fundamentals. Uh, and for those of those, those that are out there that are not maybe doing their own research or kind of maybe they, first off, got to check it out, Texan.cc, got to check out all the information that they have there. But, are you guys are you guys audited are you have you is the code audited
1: yes we are um, and so yes. so the number one audit firm is cerdic and they're not inexpensive we've no they're we've learned that and so what was really neat about it is because we were waiting on the pulse chain our original intent was to launch on the pulse chain and you know as we look at the reasons that we went out on ethereum and we'll get a copy on the pulse chain um, we actually got essentially two audits in one um, because we we did our first uh, security audit with them and then because of the timing and waiting, um, we changed one variable in the contract and the cool thing about CertiC is they actually create a certification where they're always checking your code based on what you submitted and so CertiC, unlike some other um, you know certifications or audit firms, is they're constantly checking everything it has to match exactly what they've got in order to certify it continually so you can always go back and see the certic certification you can read that on our website Um, you can see the process over like four rounds of changes what have been addressed what concerns were um, and how those were remedied but one of the big things that certic provided for us that i think is the most value is they they really pushed back on this idea when we first submitted this that that the 97 trillion that we're going to be locked in the contract, we're going to actually be in a wallet without admin keys or without keys. And so, what we did instead was we actually changed it into a variable. So there's absolutely no wallet. And so, what's really cool about that is when when Brandon said that the the Texan token of the 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 treasury, this 97 trillion that you actually can stake to get. Is actually locked in the contract. I mean, it cannot be touched by anyone because there's no wallet, there's no keys, and so that was a big, that was a big benefit of working with Certic Is they had um, really good teams, but we ended up having uh, making those changes, and they did a full audit again. So, yeah, from a security standpoint, you know, we knew that we had to have these things set before we launched because you, we want to remove every possible issue ahead of time and release something that's finished that people can have confidence in.
0: Yeah. You know, and someone just mentioned docs as well, right? So you, you had the audited code. You talked about Certic. Certik, by the way, if, if you don't know is number one out there, guys, they, there is no other, there is no second choice. They are, they are the Cadillac. They are the premier. They are the Tesla. You want to go and get it done there. And so they have it audited and, and the team is out here doxing themselves we're talking to matt frazier we're talking to brandon davis right and Mm -hmm. their names their faces their people they're texans and they're here talking about the project i mean you i don't know that there is a project out there that can or any any community out there that can deny uh what you guys are offering i i would i would say come on out here throw down let's let's try to call these guys out because i don't know that you can um so very powerful stuff guys very powerful stuff i think uh coming out here showing your faces getting the message out and we we really do appreciate you guys coming out uh we are at the hour mark we do want to go ahead and wrap it up but before we do we want to give you guys an opportunity just if you have anything else you want to say let's get it out there what's your message
2: yeah, um, you know, first and foremost, uh Matt and I um recognize that that your time is valuable and and we want to to thank you for having us on. It's very important we don't take it lightly and I'm not just saying this because it's the right thing to say. I'm I'm saying this because I completely mean it. So thank you guys for for um, you know, taking the time to research what we're all about because most people in crypto don't, right? They just kind of fly by the seat of their pants and You've done a really good job for your community to educate them in detail about what we're all about. So thank you. Um, and then secondly, you know, just some links, and then I'll let Matt take it over here, but uh, texan.cc, okay, is important. And I wanted to provide some value for your audience too, um, and in a non-self-serving way. I created a website called myCryptoclassroom.com. and mycryptoclassroom.com is a link that you can give to your friends or family who have no clue about cryptocurrency. And you can go through uh, some modules that we've been adding. Now, here's the neat thing. It's not shilling Texan token. It's not shilling Ethereum or Bitcoin. It's very crypto. It's a project agnostic. It's just going to provide people a framework to be able to come back to you and have an intelligent conversation about crypto. So it's completely free as well. All right, so we, we're we paying for everything there. I am. You don't have to worry about it. Go there, use that link, teach people, share it. It will help, and it'll just make your community better. And again, it's not a marketing tool for us. It's just trying to help educate people on what this is.
1: Yeah, and it's funny, actually, because it's such a pain to have to repeat yourself so many times, especially in DeFi. So th- this this content, I actually used it when I did a crypto course for my kids' school And it's, it's true DeFi. So if you're, it gets people up to speed. And I think what Brandon said, it helps people answer, you know, basic questions, but completely free. Um, But it really, it's actually time saving because we've, you know, you know how many times you've had to explain stuff to people and it's like, Hey, why don't you go through this course and then we'll talk. Um, But I appreciate you guys having us on. I really do. Brandon and I have YouTube channels um, and we've been doing this for well over a year now. Um, mine is crypto heartbeat on YouTube. And then Brandon is rags to riches fam. Um, you can get to that by going to texan.cc and look at the team and underneath our names, um, our links to those channels. Um, we're talking about Monday through Friday, um, an hour a day, every single day, we're chopping wood, talking about DeFi, talking about pulse chain, talking about Hex, talking about Texan token. And we don't just, we're not just shilling our own project we're out there um, investing in the community, bringing value in the bear market. Because, you know, what, I, what I've come to understand is that without community and without the proper understanding of what money is, you know, you can't take it with you. My dad passed away in, in uh, March and I stared at him in the casket. And I'm going to tell you what, when you have that kind of experience, you go, you know, you didn't take a darn thing with him. And so if we have an opportunity to promote and be a part of something that could set people free. Because I feel like everywhere I look, people are just getting their heads above water. I often say I go into the corner store, and there's always a guy in front of me who's got two tall boy beers at 7.30 in the morning. And I think about his life. He's got a mortgage, he's got kids, and he's probably going to drink one of those as soon as he gets in the truck. And then lunchtime's the next one. And that's how he gets through the day. And I look at this and I go, hold on a second. This isn't the way it should be. People need something that can help them break out of this thing because the human heart and the human mind, in my opinion, is meant for freedom. It's meant for creativity. It's meant for building. But in this system, we've essentially been locked into it to the point where people, they're missing out on the greatness of creation because they are locked in a system. And in my opinion, cryptocurrency is the only thing that can give you more freedom and more sovereignty And you might get rich in the process and that to me is it's a miracle and i i scream it from the the rooftops because it isn't about the tech it's about your life and what you want to accomplish and if we can be a part of that story man it's uh it's probably the greatest mission that you could have in life and i'm just thankful to be alive at this time so thank you guys very much appreciate you a lot thank you thank you
3: well i got one more question yeah, yeah. Oh, it's obvious. Oh, yeah. Where can we get Ooh. a bag of Texan token?
2: <laughs> <Brandy>. <laughs> well, here's here's what's neat. The cool thing about DeFi is a lot of these websites, they're all connected together. They're all aggregated. So you can go to Uniswap uh to, to pick up a bag of Texan. One thing that I might suggest too is you can go to CalSwap. Now CalSwap provides some protections for people that are Making larger purchases so you don't get chopped up by by these bots that try to front run you. So, cow swaps also a, a, a good option as well.
0: Yeah, great good. question for sure. You know, guys, very powerful stuff, strong stuff here. Uh, we we really do appreciate you guys coming out today. We we are stronger together. Uh, There's yes. no question about it. And it's all about getting the word out there, educating the people got to check out their YouTube channels, got to check out their Twitter account, go to Texan.cc. get out there, check them out. Guys, I do want to mention, this is not paid promotion here. Not at all. Um, we're doing this together, because we believe in crypto, we believe in the future, we believe in the projects that are out there. Uh, and man, Texan tokens got a strong one. So...
1: Oh uh, one Thanks thing lot, I wanna Yeah, one thing I wanna say too is it's it's so ironic that you came into our chat and you were Texan whale. And I just <laughs> have to say this, it was so great because people I think thought at first when you came in that you were connected to the project. And so the irony of all this is, of course, you're going to have to have a big bag of, of Texan because that's your name, man. So I appreciate it. But it's so cool that you came in and meeting with fellow Texans and being able to introduce this to you. But, uh, yeah, love your name. And, and thanks so much for, for uh, giving us the shot to, to share. Thank you. Yeah absolutely absolutely and we'll
0: definitely have to do this again guys all right yeah. thanks so, definitely all right definitely. guys thanks again thanks uh thanks matt brandon bronze as usual uh, have a great day folks and uh check out the next brb podcast take care guys